You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Well, hello, Mike. Hi there. How are you, sir? Oh, I, 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 I'm like Barney would say, I'm super de-duper. All right. Interesting. <laughs> this guy's over here waving his arms, folks, waving them around in the air like he just don't care. I'm one of those blow-up things that you put in front of your store if you want to get people in, you know. Hey, look at me. Oh, you are just an interesting guy, aren't you? Yes, I am. Well, okay. folks, guess what? We are... Uh, tomorrow is the first day of November, Mike. you believe that? Yes, today is halloween nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you my little pretty and your little dog. <laughs> I am not sure how. <laughs> uh, I guess I know how you got to that point, but you know. Um, you never so, watched The Wizard of Oz? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I played the Cowardly Lion <laughs> okay. years ago. You yeah. Mean, Dorothy's in there. Yeah, you were typecast. Yeah. Um, hey, so, Mr. Mike, this weekend there's a big thing going on in, at the Capitol Theater. Yes, there is. Yeah, no movies. Yes. <laughs> no movies. We have a private party on on Friday and Sunday, and we're having a live acoustical performance by Mr. Preston Cooper. A local young man, by the way. A very local young man. And uh, that starts at seven tickets or ten dollars at the door. And again, folks, this goes to getting us a new movie screen. Uh, once we pay Cooper uh, or Mister Preston here, we uh, get the. Hopefully, we'll have enough people to uh, really make a dent in getting the new screen for the movie theater. And then we go shortly after that, Mister Mike. We go into. Are you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Uh, wow. Uh, Elmer Fudd, didn't it? <laughs> if I told you yes, would you smile? Um, so we go right into Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. And then we have some, I think we have a break in between there. We're going to try and fill with some movies maybe. And uh, maybe do some other things. And then we go into Avatar 2. And that finishes out our movies for the rest of 2022. Do you believe that, Mike? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. As of today, we have two months left in this uh, year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Christmas is not that far away. Like, what, eight Fridays away or something like that I saw? Should I start looking around the studio for my present? Did you hide it really I good? did hide it. Go ahead and start looking, buddy. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and start looking. Um, so so that's coming up Sunday or Saturday. Uh, Preston Cooper Live at the Capitol Theater. Also, uh, coming up this Saturday is the Christmas in the Country Craft Show at Northmore High School starting at 9 a.m. Um, do you know who Kevin Hart is? The comedian? Kevin Hart? I guess he's like this big. Like he's like three inches tall or something. Really? Yeah, he's not a very tall guy at all. But he's he's hilarious. He um, has been in some movies and stuff. But he'll be in Columbus this Saturday. So if you're interested, look up tickets for that. Um, there'll be some pop up shops 
now we're I'm we're going right into December here, so might as well. Uh, pop up shops December first through the third at um, Mary Market Pop Up Shops is what the Village Gathering Place is calling it, and uh, it'll be four to nine on Thursday and Friday, so the first and second, and then on the third, which is Saturday, it'll be ten a.m. to four p.m. I'm sure they'll have some more stuff downtown. But, Mike, on uh, December 2nd, hmm, what's going on downtown on December 2nd? Downtown Mount Gilead, the place you'll want to be. So, we are having the annual Christmas parade and oh. the downtown shops. Christmas around the world, I, I think believe. that's the theme this year, yes. Christmas around it's the world. It's a worldwide thing, yes. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty good time. I know that the Jolly Fat Man himself will be in town that day. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, here? Huh? Anyway, uh, Santa will be here, and there'll be a parade. If you are interested, contact the director at the Mara County Chamber to help uh, set up the set up your registry to get involved if you have a business or a, a group or maybe you just want to be a family. Last year there was a family that just wanted to be in the parade. Mm-hmm. So they signed up. And, that's kind of cool. Be par- yeah, to I be in the parade. Neat. So they signed up. So that's going on. And there will be all kinds of stuff, fun stuff starting, I believe, at 4 or 4.30 downtown. There will start. Well, you'll start to see stuff. And it will go clear up until probably 9 o'clock that night. Um, let's see here. On... Let's see where is it? Um, I just I just had it. Of course, trivia is still going on the first and third Wednesday at Bunkers Mill Winery. And Mike, did you see that you can go to the winery with your food from the Cardington Cafe? You can take your food from Cardington Cafe over to the winery. That's and your small your businesses working together. That's a great thing. Yeah. So you can't take your wine from the winery to the Cardington Cafe, but you can take your food from the Cardington Cafe to the winery. And I'm going to say this wrong because I always do and Angela makes fun of me, but you can actually get a charcuterie tray at the market or at the winery where from they, the market. Where did they ever get that from word the cafe. charcuterie? I have no idea. Sounds like something you'd catch. Yeah, sounds like you need a shot of penicillin <laughs> after it, I think. Anyway, um, so that's kind of cool going on. Then you have Stitch and Wine. That'll be on November 9th. That's a Wednesday. So that's next Wednesday, the 6th at Bunker's Mill Winery. I'm sure there's a sign a sign up for that. So you'll want to get that taken care of. I'm quickly looking through here some more of the... Some more of the fun stuff. Oh, it looks like Reba McIntyre is coming to Columbus on... Uh, on this weekend, Friday, actually. She's going to be at Nationwide Arena. Uh, you know, some of these aren't close to to Morrow County here. However, you know, Reba McIntyre is, uh, she's a gem. I like some of her music. I mean, that, I, I'm 37. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm okay saying that I like Reba McIntyre's music. Some of it, not all of it, but some of it. Um, that song, Fancy, that, like, that just sticks in your head. And you, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think. There's not really um, too much, but you know what we're going to start seeing, Mike? We're going to start seeing Christmas light displays. Yes, we are. So uh, what is it? The, the Is it China? The China's over in Cardington. Is that, their la- is that how you say their last name? They have, uh, they actually, you drive back their driveway and you park in their driveway, and they have their entire front yard all lit up, and it's to music, so you can actually listen. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, so that'll be coming up, I'm sure, that uh, 
they're working on that. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some information about that soon. Um, let's see. I don't think I have anything else that I'm aware of. I have a couple have things anything? I could I could discuss here. I'm actually looking at um, uh, Mount Gilead, Morrow County in the know on Facebook. So that's where I'm getting this information. Um, Joey, am I coming across good right now? You are coming across, sir. Okay. Well, first of all, there is a food drive at the Chase Bank. Uh, they're collecting food for the Morrow County Food uh, Pantry. Please bring in your non-perishable items now through November 15th. And kind of exciting for the Cardington Public Library, and I'm going to read this straight from the site. It's official. Last year, Cardington uh, Lincoln Public Library was fortunate enough to be awarded an American Rescue Plan oh, Act grant that. through the Institute of Museum and Library Services and the State Library of Ohio to purchase a van to expand services in the community. Look for the van in the coming months as we will roll out new services like delivering books to homebound patrons and the schools, a pop-up library at community events, and more. If you're interested in utilizing any of these services, you can contact them at, excuse me, at your library at C-A-R-D-L-I-N-C, cardlink, org, or you can phone 419-864-8181. And yes, we do stage our photo shoot at Glendale Cemetery. Isn't it beautiful? Okay, well, that's for my benefit because I'm looking at the pictures, but it is beautiful, the uh, trees there. So uh, uh, Cardington, Public Li- Cardington Lincoln Public Library, congratulations on that grant and on the new services you are able to provide to the community. That's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Hey, you know, we talked about the uh, Texas Hold'em uh, benefit going on at the Mount Gilead VFW, and that is on Sunday, November 13th at noon. If you are interested, you can contact Chris Shearborn or Mandy Shearborn on Facebook, and uh, all proceeds are going to Save a Warrior organization. Oh, here, here's a drive through spaghetti dinner. It's going to be on Friday, November 11th, which is, by the way, uh, Veterans Day. Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the uh, drive through spaghetti dinner hosted by the American Heritage Girls Troop. Uh, like I said, it's Friday, November 11th from 5 to 7. It will be at the Alum Creek Friends Church, 3385 State Route 229, Marengo. $5 per meal. You can pre-order. And if you go online, again, I said I'm on Facebook, and there's one of those little square thingies that you can, you can um, scan with your phone. What's that called, Joey? I can't think what it's called. A QR code. Yeah, a QR code that you can um, uh, pre-order. And, uh, you know, if, if you're still um, wanting to avoid the possibility of uh, uh, diseases from other folks and so on, you don't have to go in. You can, you know, do it as a drive-through. So keep that in mind. That's uh, November 11th. Awesome. What else do you got? We have one more huge event we got to get to. Okay, why don't you go ahead and do that? I'll see if I can find, round up anything else here. All right, so folks, it is almost time for us to do our our best to continue on what our forefathers set forth here in America when they wanted representation and they wanted their own government close to the heart here of the new nation and did not want to be ruled by the evil king 
from overseas. So it is time for us to vote again. And this year, so I don't know, Mike, have you, I'm sure you've seen and heard lots of things about the election this fall. Like uh, from both sides, there's a lot to, there's a lot of benefit or a lot to lose. Uh, from this election, depending on which side of the aisle you sit on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing to notice is that uh, typically it is us, non-elected officials, who tend to lose the most. Um, you know, we send folks to Washington, to the state house, or to other elected offices, and uh, sometimes we get uh, taken advantage of. And, uh, you know, it is your right as a legal citizen of the United States to take full advantage of what has been given you to you, what has been granted to you by the Constitution, and that is to make your voice heard. And, Mike, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like if you don't vote, I don't want to hear you whine. Exactly. If you don't vote, you better not, I better not hear anything uh, out of your mouth. Well, let me add something to that, too, too Joey. Um so many um, news outlets and so on are very biased one way or the other. We're not here to be biased. We are here to just prevent, pre- present what is uh, available and uh, let you make up your own mind. Yeah, I think we do a pretty good job of that. I think we do. I think we do. We don't, um, yeah, we don't tell you one way or the other to vote. Um, I really uh, don't care. How you vote, as long as you vote, um, and vote your conscience. Don't just vote because, oh, I heard their their ad. Please spend a little time and read about the candidate. Um, check multiple sources. Please don't just check one resource. Um, check multiple resources. Try to get on both sides of the aisle resources because usually the truth lies somewhere in between. That's true. Somewhere in between. I can't give you a pinpoint, you know, look at this side or that side, but somewhere in between... There is the truth, and uh, it may not, it, it will not be easily spotted, but... Disertained. Yeah. All right, so for governor for the state of Ohio, and this is for governor and lieutenant governor, you have Democratic nominees Nan Wiley, I'm sorry, Whaley, and Cheryl L. Stevens, and that's the Democratic nominee, the Republican nominee Mike DeWine and John Husted, and apparently they're is a write-in candidate for that, but we don't have, of course, the name here. So if you know of your write-in candidate that you want to vote for, you can write that candidate in. Uh, Just know that uh, Mike Wilson and Joseph Powell will uh, not be on the ballot for governor and lieutenant governor. Um, for attorney general for the I state like of the Ohio, idea, though. <laughs> do you? We could try that. <laughs> uh, for attorney general for the state of Ohio. Republican Dave Yost or Democrat Jeffrey Crossman. For Auditor of State for the state of Ohio, you have Taylor Sappington as the Democratic candidate or Keith Faber as the Republican candidate. For Secretary of State for the state of Ohio, you have Chelsea Clark as the Democratic nominee and Frank LaRose as the Republican nominee. And then you also have, and I don't know what party this person is, um, but I can't even pronounce the name. Terpsifor uh, Tormaras, I think is the name. Terps, uh, I, I can't even pronounce that name. So I apologize that I butchered that, um, but it is on the ballot. For treasurer for the state of Ohio, you have Robert Sprague as the Republican candidate. 
or Scott Scherzinger uh, as the Democratic candidate, and we determined he was the he's the mayor in Marion. Yeah, Scott Scherzer is currently the mayor Scherzer, of Marion. Yes. Has been for several years. Uh, for Chief Justice of the Supreme Court for State of Ohio with a full term vote uh, commencing one one twenty three, is Republican Sharon Kennedy or Democrat Jennifer Bruner. For Justice of the Supreme Court for a full term, and you can only vote for one. Uh, commencing one one twenty three, it's Terry Jamison, the Democratic nominee, or Pat Fisher, Republican nominee. For Supreme Court, you have another um, choice here. Excuse me, commencing one two twenty three, and that is Marilyn Zayas, Democratic nominee, or Pat Dewine, Republican nominee. For U.S. Senator, you have. Three choices. Two of them are on here. The other one is a write-in. You have Republican J.D. Vance or Democrat uh, Tim Ryan. For representative to the U.S. Congress, 4th District, you have two choices. You have Democrat Tammy Wilson or Republican Jim Jordan. For State of Ohio representative, 87th District, you only have one choice, and that's Reardon McLean. For Judge of the Court of Appeals, 5th District, with the full term commencing on 2-9-23, you have Earl Wise or Andrew King. So Earl Wise is the Democrat. Andrew King is the Republican. For Judge of the Court of Appeals, 5th District, with full term commencing 2-10-23, you have Democrat David T. Ball or Republican Craig Baldwin. For Morrow County Commissioner, one one twenty three, which will be the commencement date of the full term, you have one choice, and that is John Mason. And for County Auditor, you have one choice, and that is Republican Connie McChesney. Uh, for the Judge of Common Pleas Court, uh, term commencing one one twenty three, this is going to be Tom Elkin, the only choice there. Now, we get into a couple different tax abatement, uh, tax issues here as well as some levy renewals. Um, we, have, we have what I can see on my ballot. We could not find something that outlined all of the ballot issues. So just know that there are several tax levies or tax renewals that have been posted for many of the townships. A lot of them have to do with roads and or cemeteries. Um, so issue one for the state of Ohio to require courts to consider factors like public safety when setting the amount of bail proposed constitutional amendment proposed by the joint resolution of the General Assembly to amend section nine of article one of the Constitution of the state of Ohio. A majority yes vote is necessary for the amendment to pass. The proposed amendment would require Ohio courts when setting the amount of bail to consider public safety, including the seriousness of the offense, as well as a person's criminal record, the likelihood a person will return to court, and any other factor the Ohio General Assembly may prescribe. It will remove the requirement that procedures for establishing the amount and conditions of bail be determined by the Ohio Supreme Court. If passed, the amendment will be effective immediately. And then your option is, shall it be approved, yes or no? And we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, previously here, Mike, and I feel like uh, basically, it's giving the General Assembly, so our voices, it's giving them the power to prescribe some things in there 
as to how to sentence folks um, on how to consider their sentences based on their crimes and their likelihood to reoffend or if they are reoffenders and things like that and would basically take or strip that away from the Supreme Court setting those conditions. Um, issue two, to prohibit local government from allowing non-electors to vote. This is a proposed constitutional amendment proposed by the Joint Resolution of the General Assembly to amend Section 1 of Article 5, Section 3 of Article 10, and Section 3 of Article 18 of the Constitution of the State of Ohio. A majority yes vote is necessary for the amendment to pass. The proposed amendment would require that only a U.S. Uh, – I'm sorry, require that only a citizen of the United States – who is at least 18 years of age and who has been a legal resident and registered voter for at least 30 days can vote at any state or local election held in the state. It would prohibit governments from allowing a person to vote in local elections if they are not legally qualified to vote in state elections. If passed, the amendment will be effective immediately. And to vote, you would vote a affirmative yes or a no. So, Mike, with this, I believe this allows the state to say you must be a legal U.S. citizen at least 18 years of age and you must have been registered at least prior, at least 30 days prior to the election to vote. And um, it seems kind of crazy that we're talking about this, but from what I have heard, there may be some states or municipalities across the United States that are allowing folks that are not U.S. citizens to vote in local races. And so that is something that uh, they're looking at here. Uh, here is a proposed tax levy, and this is strictly a renewal, and this is for the Morrow County Board of Health. A majority affirmative vote is necessary for passage. A renewal of the tax for the benefit of the Morrow County of Morrow County for the purpose of public health programs, including communicable diseases, environmental health and food safety, public health, nursing, and health education at a rate not exceeding 0.5 mil for each $1 of valuation which amounts to about five cents or one nickel for each $100 of valuation for 10 years commencing in 2023 to first be due in calendar year of 2024. So either you're for the levy or against the levy. So, Mr. Mike, Mm -hmm. that pretty much does it right there. Um, Go out, vote um, vote your conscience. Um, I would highly suggest that you think about um, whether you are a single topic voter or not. A single, um, you know, is abortion your um, your sticking point? Is um, financial stability for the federal government and state government your sticking point? Is um, a secure southern border? Your validation is freedom to, you know, whatever. Um, Whatever that case may be, vote your conscience. Please, please, please take the time and look up these candidates. Please do not, or look up the, the ballot issues. Please don't just go in there and vote straight down the ticket unless you truly believe that. Don't go in and vote for someone just because you saw a bumper sticker, you saw a yard sign, or you you know that uh, so-and-so is voting for this person. 
vote because you feel comfortable voting for that person. Take the time, get to know them, because big decisions are made from those we vote for. Whether you realize it or not, your vote is heard one way or the other. And it is heard because the vote you cast could be the vote that sends one person to Congress or to the state representative or to you know govern the state um, or send the other person home. So just know that it is something you should not take lightly. And uh, that I heard loud and clear when I was in school. I don't know. Uh, uh, I think Dave Torrance would be saddened if I said anything different. Uh, he would frequently say, I don't care how you vote, just get out there and do the right thing uh, and vote your conscience. But uh, I tell you what, that guy was so talented, Mike. He could argue both sides of any Hmm. Any topic. It was okay. it was amazing. Of course, you know, he was also arguing a whole bunch of high school kids, so I guess it probably doesn't take much, but, you know. So, all right, Mr. Mike. Are you ready? Have you buckled your safety belt? I'm buckled in and ready for that trip back to the past. <laughs> Flashback is brought to you by the Morrow County Historical Society. Now open every Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. Stop in and learn about Morrow County's past. All right, Mike. Where are we going? What are we talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I was dancing to the music. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was trying to change that subject. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about uh, electrification of Morrow, the rural electrification of Morrow County. And again, shocking. Like, and again, my <laughs> Oh, I got jolt out that. Um, my, my friend uh, Stan Sype did the research on this, so I'm I'm reading his writing. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, rural electrification in Morrow County. <clears throat> Let's go back before the electrification and talk about how things were. Because there was no electricity, farming was all manual labor from sunup to sundown. To make use of natural light, chores were done manually. Animals were fed and watered by hand, and cows were milked by hand. Any artificial light needed in the barn came from a coal oil lantern, and and a lit oil lantern could burn a barn down in minutes. Cans of milk had to be kept submerged in cold water to keep it at a temperature of under 50 degrees. If the milk went bad because of insufficient cooling, and it often did, Well, it meant less in the milk check from the dairy. The farmer prepared his livestock's feed by hand because he couldn't use an electric feed grinder. He had to stick hundreds of ears of corn one by one into a corn grinder and crank it for hours to make feed. The corn had to be loaded by hand into the granary after the harvest as there wasn't any electric motor to operate an elevator. Of course, each ear of corn had to be shucked by hand, just as farmers had done for centuries. And there was also the shelling that he doesn't have in here. Uh, When I was growing up, we had a corn sheller. You had to run the corn through there and get the corn off the cob before you would grind it. Okay. Then there was the farmer's wife. Since there was no electric pump, water had to be pumped by hand and carried to the house in buckets either by the wife or by one of the children. 
The wood stove in the kitchen needed to be loaded constantly to keep the fire going all day. The stove's ash box had to be emptied twice daily. The wife had to slave over a hot stove all day without an electric fan to circulate air. Wash day come every week. The constant filling of wash tubs, the scrubbing and rinsing of each piece of laundry was all done by hand. Next, she hung the wet, heavy clothing on a clothesline to dry. Then came the ironing, requiring the use of a flat iron heated atop the wood stove. The farmer's wife performed her housework the same way her great-great-grandmother had. We All actually this, have one of those. What? The old stovetop irons? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do too. It's a it's a doorstop at my house, <laughs> but uh, all because all this because there was no electricity. The circle of light cast by a coal oil lamp was equal to that of a twenty five watt bulb. Poor eyesight caused by working from the inadequate illumination of a kerosene lamp was common in the years prior to electricity. If he could afford the two hundred and seventy five dollar investment, a farmer could acquire his own Delco light system. This farm electrical plant consisted of 16 lead-acid storage batteries encased in glass, coupled to a gasoline, um, gasoline-driven gasoline generator. The batteries produced 32 volts of dis, uh, direct current, enough to light 15 50-watt bulbs. When the battery ran down, the generator would recharge, would recharge them. And on that, um, the church that I go to, Brinsland Baptist, uh, a lady by the name of Leona Hirschner that had been around for close to 100 years, she's gone now, had told me that they at one time had a Delco plant there so they could have electricity and have have lights at night. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I've heard of that before. I wasn't around in that time, but I've heard about it. He says. He These around. units began to be sold in Morrow County during uh, the World War One era. One of them was used to illuminate the town of Chesterville, for years. A 1923 survey revealed that a little, that a little over 17% of Morrow County was wired for electricity. Nearly the entire percentage consisted of the villages of Mount Gilead and Cardington. Electrical utility companies were almost wholly disinterested in providing service to the rural market until well into the 20th century. Indeed, in 1930, only a minute percentage of farmers in Morrow County were using hardwired electricity, and these were located adjacent to the villages with 24-hour power. Very few utility company officials believed the farmers needed electricity. Most were convinced the farmers simply couldn't afford it. These same officials, however, would change their mind, their tune after 1935. United States Senator General Nor or excuse me, George Norris of Nebraska was raised on a farm. He knew firsthand of the daily drudgeries of manual farm labor while in Congress in the nineteen thirties. He was concerned that rural Americans were not getting a fair chance. He lamented that in rural America uh, farm men and women were growing old prematurely, dying before their time, and were conscious of the gap between their lives and the lives of their city cousins. What would bridge that gap? According to Senator Norris, the answer was simple, electricity. As part of his New Deal Deal presidency, Franklin D. Roosevelt created the Rural Electrification Administration, or the REA, 
On May 11, 1935, the goal of the REA was to provide electricity to the nation's rural areas. Roosevelt had long shared the same concerns about rural America that, Senator, that the senator from Nebraska did. A year later, President Roosevelt signed the Rural Electrification Act of 1936. In short, the 1936 legislation allowed for farmers to form electric uh, cooperatives. The federal REA would make loans to these member-owned co-ops to build the infrastructure necessary to bring electricity to the farm. It would also make loans available to farmers for wiring their homes and for the purchase of electrical appliances. Some critics cried socialism. The farmers, however, thought it was a darn good idea. In 1936, the 1936 Act was drafted in part by Senator George Norris. It was he who stated that rural electrification meant a hired man for the farmer and a hired girl for his wife. It was in 1936 when seven Morrow County farmers met at the Globe Hotel in Mount Gilead to discuss how to bring electricity to the county's farmers. Subsequent meetings were held with more and more attendees. These meetings ultimately resulted in the July 8, 1936, incorporation of the Morrow Rural Electric Cooperative. Next, volunteers knocked on doors up and down county and township roads, signing up new co-op members for the $10 registration fee, a lot of the money for the local farmer at the time. Soon, hundreds of county residents were on board. The 1930 Census of Agriculture showed there to be uh, 2,350 farms in the county. Approximately 2,300 of them did not have electricity. Most of the farmers, however, were members of the Morrow County Farm Bureau. The Ohio Farm Bureau began promoting rural electrification statewide in 1935 with high interest among its membership. It was under the supervision of the Morrow County Farm Bureau that the Morrow Rural Electric Co-op was established. We're going to make this a two-parter. Okay. And uh, I think we're going to stop there for today. And we'll talk more about uh, electricity being brought to the uh, rural areas of Morrow County. Um, I think it's a very interesting story. And um, uh, you, what, what do you have there, Joe? Well, or, so in the past. Well, Martin Luther posts ninety-five thesis on this day, October thirty-first, fifteen seventy-one. Legend has it that the priest and scholar Martin Luther approaches the door of the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, and nails a piece of paper to it containing ninety-five revolutionary opinions that would begin the Protestant Reformation. Um, let's see here. Also. On this day, in 1961, Stalin's body was removed from Lenin's tomb, which I didn't know anything about that, so I had to read up on that because I wasn't sure. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, 1926, the mugi- musician, musician, magician, gosh, I can't even read today, um, Harry Houdini died. In, um, it was interesting, just 12 days before he died, he had been talking to a group of students after a lecture in Montreal when he could, um, when he commented on the strength of his stomach muscles, and uh, it says here that um, 
that he was, uh, he commented on, so this is kind of a weird story. I don't know. Do you know anything about the Harry Houdini story? Uh, I know that they have a, a seance every year trying to uh, contact him, but that's about all I know. Okay, so I'm just going to read this because I found this really cool. Um, Harry Houdini, the most celebrated magician and escape artist of the 20th century, dies of peritonitis in a Detroit hospital. Twelve days before Harry, uh, before Houdini had been, he had been talking to a group of students after a lecture in Montreal when he. Uh, commented on the strength of his muscles and their ability to withstand hard blows. Suddenly, one of the students punched Houdini twice in the stomach. The magician hadn't had time to prepare, and the blows ruptured his appendix. He fell ill on the train to Detroit, and after performing one last time, he was hospitalized. Doctors operated on him, but to no avail. The burst appendix poisoned the system, his system, and he died on October 31st. So, um, I don't know if you know much about the appendix. You know, you can live without it. I, I have a book at home that has one in the back of it. Uh, not the same thing. Okay. So sometimes when we find, you know, an appendix is a flame inflamed and you have to have it surgically removed. Sometimes there's bacteria in them like, uh, Clostridium perfringens. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I don't have a clue. Okay. So that causes gas gangrene. Have you heard of gangrene? Yes, I have. Okay. That's the same bacteria. Okay. Um, sometimes they can also have um, Yersinia pestis in it. Do you know what that is? Don't have a clue. That is what caused the Black Plague. Oh. It's okay. the bacteria. Now, it's way different now than what it used to be. You know, it's not going to, you know, it's not like it is. It's it's That bacteria is common. It doesn't cause the plague okay it's that same type of uh thing there um but you can you can get very ill and become septic and it sounds like um that's what happened with him um so had they you know known right away they could have been able to you know maybe if he had gotten to the hospital sooner they could have saved him with some antibiotics but uh Unfortunately, he died. I thought that was pretty cool. In 1864, the United States Congress admitted Nevada as the 36th state. And I know that you 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 look like you enjoyed the Beatles. Did you enjoy the Beatles yeah, music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have known that was coming, and I missed it. Uh, Ed Sullivan, on this day in 1963, witnesses Beatlemania firsthand paving the way for the British invasion. That was a really big show. Moving on. So uh, that's all I have. I just wanted to share some of those cool things. Um, I think we're going to... uh, Let's head back, Mike. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Warning, warning, warning. Terrible, terrible puns ahead. Warning, warning, warning. Really? Really, Joe? Oh, I don't think you know what I'm about to, what I'm about to throw out on the table oh, here. Okay, what are you about to throw out on the table? All right, here we go. These are all harvest jokes. Oh, okay. All right, are you ready for this? Let's go for it. All right. How do you harvest crops in the winter? How do you harvest crops in the winter? I don't Uh know. With an ice sickle. (laughs) (laughs) 
How do aliens harvest their crops? How do aliens harvest their crops? Yep. With tractor beams. (laughs) Notice, folks, he has control of little buttons for the sound effects. I don't. After an unsuccessful harvest, why did the farmer decide to try a career in music? Because he had tons of sick beats. That one was funny. Are those crickets as I hear uh, chirping? <laughs> you think so? You think there's crickets in here? Oh, oh hey, hell, hey, there they are. Yeah, there they are, yep. Um, all right, so this will be the last one I give because I'm it's sure that time, you have. Yes. Uh, actually, there's two. I'll do one more here. Why was the farmer arrested in Portland? Um, in Portland, that'd be in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because he was Organ harvesting. Okay. <laughs> All right. And the last one here. What do you call a harvest of dad jokes? A harvest of dad jokes. I don't know. A cornucopia. Oh, I like that. That's actually a pretty good one. Yeah. Thank you. There's yeah. a whole website for this, Mike. There's like 40 jokes here. I'm surprised I haven't found that website. <laughs> Oh, all right. Go ahead. I'm sure you have some. Well, you know, I used to know a girl with one leg who worked at a brewery. Sorry, I think I know where this is going. She was in charge of hops. Yeah. Oh, my. That was pretty good. Um, Now, I went. Did you say she had one leg? Yeah. Did they call her Eileen? <laughs> Oh, my. I have competition in the room. I know. I wasn't even looking at that one. Okay. Well, I went the other day to buy some pens and paper at the uh, stationery store. I was surprised that the stationery store had moved. You know, stationery means it stays. Gotcha. Place. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take note of that. Why is it that no one is ever just... The right amount of whelmed. You're either overwhelmed or underwhelmed. <laughs> oh, you know what? I probably deserve that. On that one, yes. You should be a minimalist. It's the least you can do. <laughs> uh, what do you call a typo on a tombstone? I don't know. A grave mistake. Really? <laughs> I, I, I want to know. Uh, am I stuttering there? You did. <laughs> when two vegans get in an argument, is it still called a beef? It is, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, and this will be the last one. It's a Halloween joke. Ooh. We're recording this on Halloween, but people won't hear until afterwards, I'm sure. Count Dracula's personal motto was, always be positive. You know, I'm be positive. Are you? Uh Uh-huh. So am I, actually. Yeah, that's my blood type. That's mine, too. And there's, yeah, sorry, guys, there's no joke there. 
that really was my blood type. So okay. Um. All right. Well, on that note, let's end this podcast. Um, remember to get out there and vote. You can still vote early until Monday at noon next week. I believe they're open every day, um, going through to Monday, Monday. through Friday. I think they're open on Saturday. Oh, too. Are they going to be okay? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're open on Saturday as well. So if you uh, need to go to, excuse me, Morrow County Board of Elections, you can go to b, excuse me, b o e dot and it, you can look at the calendar, and let's just see if if they are open. Um, it looks like they are. Looks like they are open. So they are open until one, I believe. In office early voting, it says. Um, so I don't know if they open at one. I think maybe that's what that means. Um, if you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always call the Board of Elections at 419-946-4026, or you can go in and vote there in person at 619 West Marion Road, Suite 146, Mount Gilead. And uh, take time, go vote, do your civil duty here. And uh, you have anything else, Mike? Anything you want to leave us on? Well... You know, I'm always the joking one, but uh, got a quote here. It's really good. Uh, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good one there, Mike. I like it. All right, guys. Until next time, be nice to each other. Be kind to each other. Give grace. And as normal, we'll see you back here next week. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.